Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 313th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. Today, we're visiting with Marcus Tobert, furniture maker, chair maker, blacksmith from Alberta, Canada. So how are you doing, Marcus? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good, good. Uh, good um, boy, this is going to be interesting because a good friend of mine since uh, middle school is named Tolbert. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to put an L of... in there every time I see it. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people do that at work, too. They always put the L in there. So. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I will. I will. So if I say Tolbert, uh, uh, apology. No, nope. apology accepted. So, <laughs> and it is Tolbert, not Tober or anything like that. You know, no, no it's uh, yeah, it's German, and so it's Tobert. So it's uh, if, if, in yeah, English, it's Tolbert. Yeah, Tolbert. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Just put the just put the L in there if it's easier. <laughs> put it's like try to say it but silence the L, and it's exactly how you're used to say it. Just yeah. Tolbert. You know, just swallow that L. Well, this is great. So uh, you're from Alberta, Canada then. So um, we'll yep, get into perfect. a little bit of your background. Um, but uh, that's great. So we're back on our international swing uh, there, Sean. Oh, excellent. I love it. <laughs> well, before we talk more with uh, Marcus, let's uh, see what's going on in the news. Okay. So there's only a few things that, that I found, um, and one of them might not pertain to a lot of folks out there but it does to me because i do occasionally uh, spray finish it and uh, there's a company called paintline and they've come out with a new portable spray booth and um it looks fairly interesting um i know there have been these portable spray booths that are kind of like uh, glorified camping tents that you can pop up yeah. but they mm-hmm. but they're kind of small and they don't have a floor on them and this one's like six foot by eight inches uh, both height, width, and depth. So you can really actually do something inside of the uh, spray booth. Unfortunately, it's not inexpensive. It's six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. And other than the floor, yeah. it looks largely to be PVC and plastic. Yeah. I think yeah, I think so. Aluminum and PVC and plastic. So. Yeah. But you know, it's it's an interesting option. It all fits in a bag and weighs about uh, I think they said about forty five pounds. So that has some interesting concepts to it as far as you know, if it's something you don't want to try to build something. You know, it's six hundred and fifty bucks. I did go on their website and they got it's brand new, so they got a hundred dollars off, so it's five hundred fifty dollars now. But um, they do have a lot of accessories for it, like uh, hooking up a uh, air filter to it and a blower to you know suck the overspray out of the booth and like that. But if it's something that uh, you know interests you, I thought I'd put it in the show notes because it. Kind of sounded nice, you know. I've looked long and hard on those little pop-up ones, but they're just mm-hmm. too small to do in my mind. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and have you ever used those um, zip wall um, zippers? Mm-hmm. So I did that when I was finishing my son's room, you yeah. know, just to keep the dust inside the room and not in the rest of the house. And um, I mean, that almost would do it. You know, you know, you you know, fashion your ventilation however you want, but you could make this thing just to fold down. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's always a DIY way of doing these right. things, right? But um, 
I think that would be another another feature. Even in that, it it looks. Is it all like how do you get in it? It's one it side open. open wall, yeah. Oh, so the side that's like visible in that picture is just <laughs> yeah. open, open. I was yeah. like, is that plastic? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So de- depending, you know, you could encase yourself with good negative flow and just draw, mm-hmm. you know, draw air out with a fan, a box fan in the back corner, and. Yep. Hmm. Never thought about it because I don't spray anything, but. Yeah. Yeah, I've 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 looked at it. Luckily, I have a fairly decent place to spray outside, but. Um, yeah, I'm you know, always worried work... spraying outside letting nature find its way into what i'm spraying yeah. you know yeah. i have a ton of trees a pine tree a maple <laughs> mm-hmm. tree just outside my door anytime i go out there i try to dodge what i can mm-hmm. ideally i'm i'm spraying on a warm fairly windy day anyway just to keep the fumes yeah. away and, and and hopefully it dries quickly but i've definitely had yeah. a pine needle fall well, well know, i kind of do like this that. this motion where i spray and then i quickly uh you know pick everything up from the underside and rush it inside oh sure sure and let it dry there and then you know back and forth so you know this you know this would be a solution but uh, what was funny is the place that i spray is right under my uh deck and um, i got plenty of width and height and it's all covered but i was out there spraying one day and wow on my siding it's a little rough (laughs) oh that's overspray (laughs) so i'm like I guess I better put a tarp against that part of the house too. So anyway, <laughs> so that's kind of you don't notice it the first time, but subsequent times it, it just starts building up and yeah, building yeah. up. And, yeah. So, uh, so now it's a whole tarp setup, uh, probably. But like I said, sure, six hundred and fifty or even five hundred, quite a chunk of change. Then that mm-hmm. looks like it. <laughs> right. It looks pretty pretty thin, you know. Yeah. But for you, yeah, I mean, an outdoor uh, elevated deck, and I know what you're talking about. I've been yeah. there. Yeah. Um, you, know, you could put some some eye hooks up there and just hang a tarp and hang yeah. a shower curtain for that matter, and exactly. you got to you got to go. So anyway, but um, you know, anyone that sprays, you might uh, you might want to uh, look at that. If not to buy, at least it's called um, for sure. Anyway, well, moving right along, we got a couple things I wanted to highlight on online classes. Uh, the Austin School of Furniture and Design has now put on a online and on-demand So they have a special website for it. And uh, there's a bunch of courses that they already have out there um, that you can you know, sign up for. And um, they even have a few courses that are at zero dollars. Um, they had one on uh, Kumiko. It's listed on there at zero dollars, and I went, well, maybe they have some sort of donation thing, so I went ahead and purchased that. They didn't, but so um, I need to buy a T-shirt or something from them. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, they have a couple of courses out there that are that are free, and um, then they have some others, and they're relatively um, fairly inexpensive. Like they have a one for a tapered coffee. T- the table looks pretty interesting, forty-five bucks. The sharpening one hundred and one course is like thirty-five dollars. So, and most of these courses have several. Um, thing. So anyway, but I would check that out. You can find that at Austin School of Furniture uh, dot online. So Austin School of Furniture dot online. And, um, you uh, will be able to pull that up. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. Very cool. Yeah, and I think you're going to see a. You know, I've seen a bunch of this. You know, a lot of schools are are doing a lot more stuff online. There's some teachers out there, for instance, uh, Elia Bizarri and uh, is doing some online teaching uh, in the chair making world. And uh, Peter Galbert's had some uh, courses out there. I think he's got one on milk painting. I think he's got an and uh, he's got something else coming up too. And uh, then he had a. 
I think it's a free online seminar if you're part of the fine woodworking Pete Albert did on Spokeshaves. Shout out mm. on that. But um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, go out there and take a look at it. Pretty interesting. Will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially that Kumiko for free. I was like, I got to check that out. Um, but anyway, and next I wanted to highlight uh, Mark Hicks. You may know him from uh, Plate11.com, sales and yeah. build benches and shave horses and stuff and he's putting out a series on his shave horse um it's a free video series i think he's he's got the first episode up already on his um i believe it's on his site plate11.com or or on his uh, youtube uh channel which is plate11 woodworking and he's building a shave horse he sells plans for this for a shave horse as well as a hardware kit for it and i think it's based off of uh, some stuff Burn uh, Burn did, Tim Manny did, and it's overall has the uh, design of P. Galbert's uh, shape. So um, I want to check that out. And uh, like I said, that's at uh, plate11.com. And it's, uh, I think the first episode is on his blog page, or again, Plate 11 Woodworking page. Yeah, still one of the most comfortable T-shirts I have is Mark's Plate 11 shirt. Uh, <laughs> it's it's been too long since I've talked to that guy. He's an awesome, awesome guy, um, and that's very interesting. I've I've had my eye on a well, a spoke shave, and if I ever get a spoke shave, I'll need a shave horse. So <laughs> seems like a logical yeah. thing. Well, very, it's a cool design, cool cool design that he builds, um, and uh, I got one that's you know I built one years ago. Um, before he put this roller pin head on, I keep saying, do that roller pin effect on the shave horse all last week. And first part of this one, yep. Very cool. But uh, let's move on to what's in the shop. So, Sean, what you been working on? You know, not much. <laughs> My, the, the school year finally got off to a start, and uh, it was weird having the kids attending school in the house. And then this week, for the first time, they went into school, but only for two days, and uh yeah not a whole lot going on as we transition out of summer into fall mm -hmm. uh been kind of weird i am i am struggling with a uh, bad the, epoxy the, the, job on thin plywood that i that i did that i need to release the epoxy on which um mm -hmm. that's a pain and tried acetone and all that stuff and yeah and the shed's holding up Oh yeah, yeah yeah shed's good shed's okay. good um actually and you know i still i said i was going to and i still haven't posted anything um, I did throw up more storage in there. I moved a couple more tools in there. Um, it's and it's been... withstanding the downpours of rain that we've gotten. Uh, that was my question I was going to ask you. Have, has it gone through a couple of rainstorms yet? It sure has. And it's dry as a bone, so I'm happy. You know, I, I just got the finishing touches to do. I still yeah. need to, to, you know, you know, fill the nail holes and, and you know, just touch up paint. Um, and I want to, like, put screen on the foundation so I don't get any critters living under there mm -hmm. um just little stuff but no it's 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 good i i uh i like it and i i actually hung an old old shovel and a old bow saw on the door so when you open it up it's visible mm -hmm. it's kind of got a, a look to nice. it tools i i will rarely come to uh but uh they're uh you know it's it's nice it, i'm trying to like transitioning to that you know from you know, the mower's out there and the gas is out there, but the string trimmer's still in the garage. You know, mm -hmm. so, like, do I pull everything back there or do I keep some of it in the garage? It's hanging on a wall. It's not out of the, you know, not nearly as big as the other stuff I took out of there. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 going good. I'm really, uh, I'm really happy with it and how it 
came together um, all in about a month of weekends. Mm-hmm. I think is about what it took me to get it all said and done. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Well, how about you, man? What do you got uh, working on? Well, I'm slowly progressing on this rocker for who knows how long. I don't even want to think about it, but. Uh, <laughs> And so I got all the spindles roughed out, and uh, I um, earlier this week I drilled out the crest rail for the spindle uh, mortises, um, and um, used my uh, actual used my boring jig to do that horizontally boring. It. Yeah, I saw that. It, it, it was, How much were you just like supporting the one end of it and otherwise freehanding it forward? Um, no, no, no. The the well the boring jig was in my. Um, in my face vise, so it's, okay. it's secure in there. And basically, right. I uh, I leveled it where it's level with a fixture I had, so I could do a straight hole be parallel to the back of the crest. Okay. So, so all you had to do once you got the crest rail in place, because yeah. I saw that I mean the bit had a lot of motion to it. It was kind of free floating. You know, obviously it's not vertical, so yeah, it's, it's just horizontal. Like, it's yeah. it's horizontal and and falling, but. I guess yeah. all you got to do is touch the point that you need to drill on. Well, you and because you're bearing you set at the right saw, height. You probably saw my first post. And oh, probably. I did it in detail. And when I posted it first, a couple hours later, I looked. Oh, crap. <laughs> that didn't post in landscape. You missed uh, yeah, because I, I, I was looking at it, and I was like, I wonder if that camera's going to move back so I can see the bearing. But no, was, all I saw was the bit and a little bit of rod behind the bit. Yeah. So, and it's so, just kind of flopping so I, in the breeze. Yeah, I reposted where you a little bit ah, more okay. of, of how it worked. And you can actually see me, you know, put the uh, crest rail. What's really neat about this little fixture I made for drilling for in crest rails, you kind of put the spindles and you kind of crest rail. The center spindles go out, go at it. This That's pretty cool. Fix, this fixture makes it real easy. Tilt the crest rail to that and clamp it and you're done. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know how fast it is compared to like doing it the traditional way. It's probably me fast, but I feel it's more accurate and a lot less anxious doing it. You know, it's like. <laughs> Hey, I got it. It's nailed. Boom. Uh, to, to me, that yeah, that would be nerve-wracking yeah. because you know the crest rail has only so much of a thickness, and I mean, what? Mm-hmm. How thick is it? Into what? What hole are you drilling through it? Is it about a third of the width? Yeah, I think it's. Ish. I think that one is about the bottom of the crest rail is about seven eighths of a wide, and I'm drilling a three eighths inch hole about seven oh, okay. eighths deep. Yeah. Yeah, you can get pretty. Oh yeah, you know, I'd be so yeah. afraid of touching an edge blowing yeah. out something just yeah. by being a slight angle off once you get down in it like yeah. oh i've been lucky i've never done that but i have seen it happen in class <laughs> wow like, and that's when the instructor goes and we got a spare crest rail right here <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so yeah I've, I've i've seen that done but yeah um i think the first time i ever drilled out one braid with a crest rail kind of like i have it clamped onto it have a long extension of a bit and brace to fit perfect level with the top of the bent to say the least. Uh, that worked, and like I said, I think this is a little bit, a little bit less nerve wracking. Yeah, anytime you can kind of clamp it down and yeah. and securely move forward, that's better yeah. than standing on top of it. I mean, but a, a, a bit and brace at least has, as long as you can eye it and you kind of know mm-hmm. which direction you're going, it's moving slow enough yeah. as you're pressing down and, and drilling that it. Hopefully, it isn't going to go too crazy, but yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things that you know, if if that's all you do and you do it a bunch, it's like second boom. Right. I don't drill crest drills here, but Marcus <laughs> or Marcus might do it a little bit more often. Than that. We'll get well, I've done a few, but not not every day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, but uh, besides that, I've been doing some honeydews around the house. Um, just, uh, you know, normal annual maintenance type stuff. You know, I had a couple of nail pops, some drywall I had to take care of. You know, that kind of stuff. So, uh huh. No, nothing exciting, but got that done. And uh, then I got a, a special jig project, and that's about all I can see. Absolute <laughs> failure. But I got a new. Oh idea. no. Yeah, I got a new idea on how to do something. So I've been I've been working with that in my mind i'm not sure when i will actually um get a prototype done because i really you know my table saw still really need my table saw and i'm probably not going to take my table saw back into my shop till after hurricane oh a good another good uh probably four weeks away for us here in texas oh really are you um, feeling anything from the thing that landed today in oh sally uh, alabama yeah Nothing except uh, the tides are really high uh, right here, and I'm not sure if it's because of that or just uh, something else. But boy, the last couple of days the tides are really high. The water's mm. like uh, you know near the top of our bulkhead. So hmm, interesting. But yeah. uh, a yeah. little golf swell going on. I guess of it. It, it could be because of that, or it could just be high tides this time of year. I really you know. We don't have anything around here, so I really haven't been that concerned. Hmm, water's a little high. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, you know, your your brush years ago, or mm. not even brush, your full-on experience Very years ago, tough. makes you a little tentative to get everything back to normal. I get it. Yeah, yeah, and that's why that's why the table saw and joiner is going to stay in the storage. You know, I was looking at, you know, because uh, to break down some stuff, and I go, um, you know, I could use my uh, track saw and my MFT, but my MFT's also there. Just, oh, man. It's like, uh, you know, because when I was taking those stuff, you know, I just like, okay, I can put this in there. I can put that in there, stuff like that. So it's like, okay, well, it can wait a while. And maybe I'll make some progress on my rocker because that's what's uh, me so much on the rockers. I just keep distracted. Oh, there you go. But anyway, so um, Mark, I need to break if, something down, break out the hand saws. Exactly. Yeah, break take yeah. out the hand tools in. <laughs> exactly. Marcus could but Marcus, so what are you working on in your shop? I actually just finished most of my projects, so I did some uh, honey and daddy do list, so finished ah. all of that and then I finished the two chairs mm-hmm. you guys have probably seen. So Yeah. No, those were fantastic. Yeah. It was a fun build. It took me a, a month for two chairs, but I have a day job so it takes a little bit longer. Well, I don't have a day job anymore, and it's still taking forever, so I don't... Yeah, but like, like you said, the crest, even the crest drill to even drill holes in that takes quite a bit, so... <laughs> yeah, I know, so... Yeah, so... Uh, anyway, well, that's that's fantastic. So what's next on your on your list? Now, I know you got those those uh, those two chairs finished up, and those are fantastic. Um, did you have... Um, are, are those the uh, first uh, Welsh stick chairs you've built, or...? No, I actually, um, last year I built my first one. I do believe there was plants in the Anarchist Design Book from Christopher Schwartz. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's when I built my first one last year, springtime. Okay. So I was very happy with it, but I just needed to build more and I just need to get better at it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. You know, you, you got you got uh, the two different varieties there. The black one looks like you have the more rounded over uh, arms, chamfer type arms. Uh, yeah. On the, on the I guess wood finished one, the clear finished one. So yeah, uh, yeah the but, black one is more like a Chris Williams inspired chair. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, and I see one's four stick and one six stick. So um, yeah, yeah, I I didn't want to be, like so the the one I built last year was out of dowels, kind of like mm-hmm. pretty much like Christopher Schwartz uh, right. described. And then this year I wanted to 
I can only make so many chairs until I sell them because my wife is going crazy already. So <laughs> <laughs> and, I, can, I can relate uh, so to I that. Thought, yeah. <laughs> I think we all can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I wanted to build two chairs, but make them at least different. So I get, so I don't want to make more chairs right away. So, which mm-hmm. I still do. <laughs> yes. So, yes. But, uh, but, um, you also make a lot of other types of stuff. You do a lot of some flat work too, correct? Yes, I make whatever inspires me, whatever comes up, and then yeah, whatever people inspire me on social media, I guess so. Yeah. Now I saw that sled you made. Uh, yeah. That 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 is that is pretty cool. I'm gonna be interested to see how that uh, performs when winter rolls around. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still I I I'm not sure. I probably have to put a finish on it. That's uh, obviously. Uh, weather resistant yeah because it gets pretty cold out here too and uh, I've, i'm just not sure what to use but i'll probably just use some poly or something mm-hmm. i'm trying to remember we we grew up with the toboggan at my grandparents house and that thing it, it was almost like a shellac that was like flaking off it mm-hmm. um but i i, I don't know you know what yeah, me what's, neither. <laughs> what's the best for cold weather abrasion <laughs> you know like I just, what that's going to be uh, who cares? Just take a candle with and wax it in the bottom. <laughs> yeah, just wax the crap out of it. That's all you need. And just let I was it go. Gonna, I was going to get the kids to paint it and stuff, but then I was like, I wasn't too sure. So I'm not sure what kind of paint I have left over. So certain paints don't like to take any poly or anything. So. Oh, true. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, it looks good as wood grain. Just just yeah. poly it up. Just yeah. Leave it there. Eh? <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's good. I mean, and talk about need for a spray, you know, a spray booth. Spray yeah. that. <laughs> How yeah, can I right. spend six hundred bucks? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I, I need it just for this. It's yeah. an it's a good excuse to get a spray booth. Yeah. <laughs> I can even spray in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. There you go. Yeah. Three or four coats of lacquer on it, and be fun. It'll be yeah. fun. So, did mm-hmm. you uh, steam bend the uh, runners on that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Of course. It, you did. it was. <laughs> it really, it really wasn't hard. Like, yeah, the runners are only uh, three eighths thick. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? I so I never really thought of even making this sled. It was just like, a, hey, daddy, can you make us a sled? And I was like, sure. I mean, they'll probably love me more. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to make it as cheap as possible with the wood I had. So um, I actually used my um, the first bending form that I made for my first chair to make the runners. So I kind of went off of that with the shape of the runners up front. So, mm-hmm. Cool. And then I just, yeah, in my head, I just made something up. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Well, it looks like a... <laughs> and I'm sure the plant stand made your wife happy. Very happy. It actually, you know, it's funny. My wife, uh, my wife had a birthday this summer and she was going to order one from Ikea, which we all love so much. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it's... But, uh, Sometimes it's a, it's a necessity. It's a terrible oh, it necessity, but yeah. <laughs> Especially those sheepskins for the Welsh stick chairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, um, she was going to order one, and because of COVID, it's like 300 bucks uh, to ship, oh. which is ridiculous. It doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. So she waited two months, and it never changed. So she asked me if I can build one, and I was like, might as well. So it gives me something to do. Yeah. Now, where in Alberta do you uh, do you live? Uh, Sean's going to get this joke, but it, Alberta. Now, that's like right outside of Toronto, right? Oh yeah, right outside, <laughs> yeah. just across the street. 
Oh, yeah. this is a, and yeah. all all your money has holes in it. But anyway. Well, we, yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but so no, Al, uh, Alberta's estate, it's kind of in the central portion of it, right? Um, west, more, more more to the more to the left, but it's so yeah. the prairies are in the center of Canada, mm-hmm. and Alberta is to the left. Okay. It's pretty much it's it's closer to closer to the west coast. It's, it it borders uh, BC, British Columbia. So so yeah. So he's actually west of you in Texas. Okay. Yeah. If yeah, you I'm, think uh, of, I just pulled it up on a, on yeah Google America's Maps, yeah. hat. You know, America's hat. So so whereabouts in Alberta do you live? Do you live near the U.S. border or out in the middle of nowhere? Well, very close, actually. It's uh, called Leftbridge, Alberta. So I can't remember the distance. I don't I don't really go much to the States. So um, but it's. Oh, yeah. I I would guess maybe 180, 100 kilometers, maybe max. Mm -hmm. max. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yeah, the, the the thing is though, when you when if you go that route and you get in the United States, you're still a, a mile, a million miles away from anything. <laughs> Pretty you're much. In, you're in a, you, oh good, you left Canada. You're in northern Montana, which is about as desolate as the United States gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, every everywhere we go, we have to at least drive to visit family. I have to drive because my family actually lives in Manitoba, so I have to drive 14 hours. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a hike. Well, um, well, tell us a little bit about about your background. I don't really think that's a traditional Canadian accent. Hmm. What are you talking about, eh? No. <laughs> hey, got the A N. <laughs> I actually, I actually can't stop saying A anymore. So no. Um. Anyways, no. I uh, grew up in Germany. I was born there. So. Oh, cool. Um, grew up in a German-Russian household, and. Uh, then my parents decided to move to Canada in uh, the early 2000s to, I guess, give us a better life. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Cana- American dream, the Canadian dream. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, we moved to Manitoba, and then uh, I decided eight years later because I was kind of tired of my life there. I decided to move to Alberta to start another new life. Wow. And then now I'm here. So <laughs> that's that's pretty wild. That's um. And, uh, and how do you find Canada now that you're there? I, I love it. Like, sorry, what? I was just gonna say. I mean, it's, it's you know, I don't know any, much about Canada, and I definitely don't know anything about Germany. Uh, but it seems it seems like Canada is like a, the softer, nicer side of the world. Like it's just kind of calm and. Yeah, that's I, that's beautiful. the main reason my parents my parents decided to move. I guess to uh, I guess there's I can't say more opportunities because I was pretty young when we left. I was. Uh, 13 years old so but uh it's different like germany is obviously there's more people there it's mm-hmm. central europe but it's still beautiful out there like when people ask me how germany is i mean yeah cities are close but you're 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 not really seeing all the cities and villages because there's i can't, I can't say millions but thousands of villages in in one small area so but you don't see them all because it's so there's mountains there's hills right. there's trees there's everything so Hmm. That's very cool. That Canada cool. is what I've seen most of Canada is <laughs> flat, the prairies. <laughs> so, and so, I imagine Canada is just a tad bit colder than Germany. Oh, way colder, yeah. Way colder. <laughs> and I, I lived in uh, Manitoba for eight years, like I mentioned, and over there it gets whoa, it gets minus minus forty in the middle of winter is is the norm. So, hmm. wow. and it gets up, and that's without wind chill at times. So, my gosh. It gets cold. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, those sleds might come in handy then in another month. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, wait, 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 I would just coming, stay right? in the house. <laughs> <laughs> See, right. Alberta, Alberta is good too. Like it's cold, but it it can change from. I don't want to exaggerate, but it can change from minus 20 to plus 10 at times. I mean, some days we have snow, and then the next day it's sunny, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. So that was something else for me, too. I just heard about that. Not that we need to keep talking about weather, but it was like a week or two ago. Colorado went from 91 day to snow and 30 the next day to 75 wow. the next day. Like, what a swing. You're going to get whiplash going through that. Huge that's difference, crazy. yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, so, uh, so Marcus, so tell us about... Um, you know your your passion here for for woodworking and hand tools and you do a little blacksmithing so so um i guess first of all uh, you know what i want to know is you know i think uh, your day job you're in the trades correct or are you yeah 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 so how did you uh, decide to say hey i want to take my uh, day job home with me and do uh, some more woodworking and blacksmithing well actually um just to clarify, like um, I'm not sure if it's a trade or not, but like yeah, I work at a. It's pretty much a fuel tank and a grain bin manufacturer. Okay. It's 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 not well, it's a welding shop, but it's yeah. more of a manufacturer shop. And I'm uh, I work in the painting department, uh, powder coating and stuff. So. Hmm. So which is kind of funny because there is literally no woodworking involved. It's pretty much all steel and bolts and. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I. What? Well, well, that's so why how you, did you get interested you get your release you yeah. know when you're working yeah. at home exactly exactly yeah. i think i think that's why i spontaneously started woodworking it's kind of like the blacksmithing thing i'll get to it later but like mm. i just one day i went into the backyard cracked open a cold one went on the internet and i was like i need to know how to make nails <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it was even weird for me i was like are you crazy <laughs> crazy germans but yeah yeah. But yeah, with the woodworking, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, with the woodworking, it it just so one day I've always kind of liked to make stuff like most people, right? Mm-hmm. I've always built Legos and I made wooden swords even back in Germany and all that stuff. But um, I've always like kind of liked to draw a lot, like animals and anything, except humans. It's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, no, one day I just decided to pick up one of those uh, cheap, um, what are they called? Um, wood-burning pens, the cheap ones, 20 yes. bucks mm-hmm. at a craft store. And I picked one of those up and then I just took a piece of just some garbage plywood that was rotten out. Um, I just tried just drawing something on it and instantly it just clicked. I was like, I like this. And then I just started doing some more like little pictures and stuff until I finally wanted to buy one of those. And I don't know if you've heard about him, but the razor tip. Uh, yeah. The yeah. machines. Yeah. yeah Pyrography. If I'm yeah. even yeah. pronouncing that correctly. Pyrography. 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 <laughs> no, I don't even know. It. Yeah. That's a hard one. Pyro. Pyro. It's kind of like a pirate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah. And then. Yeah. I've seen those. I've seen those. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Cause you can do all kinds of shading. It's yeah. pretty, pretty interesting stuff. So you still do that? Funny. <laughs> I was gonna say not much. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I get I get tired of things fast. I just get inspired by new things fast. That I just if something inspires me more and it gives me more pleasure, then mm-hmm. I just hey, if this got me started on finding this new thing, then I just yeah yeah. And it still sometimes comes in handy when I build the kids something. I can put the name or my wife's garden, for example. I kind of. 
wood burned her name with some flowers in there. Mm-hmm. So for garden signs. No, now, no, I don't. Yeah. Cool. So are you primarily hand tool woodworking? Yes. Like there's, so I, I do have a bandsaw. Okay. And I, I love it. Like I wouldn't give up the bandsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a table saw and uh, I use it, I would say maybe uh, once a month, once every two months. Mm-hmm mainly for cross cutting and stuff but you yeah, know i i do use hand tools mostly except when it comes to um obviously certain jobs it makes it easier to use the band so it's quicker it's more fun right than using a a bow saw i would say mm-hmm. but yeah no i i would say about 70 percent hand tools the rest power tools and uh why did you grav- gravitate towards the power tools because obviously you had some you start off in doing power tools and kind of no i i've i've always i've i mean okay there was a period in my life where from i would say 16 till i got married where i pretty much had nothing right mm-hmm. so just just buddies i guess but anyways once i got married i had like the handyman tools like a cordless drill and right. had a skill saw which i've never used <laughs> but <laughs> everyone I, needs never, one you gotta have huh? Everyone yeah. needs a skill saw. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you have to have it. But yeah, no, I uh, I know I started pretty much hand tools when it came to the actual furniture making and yeah. I, hmm. Cool. I, my was, wife, was that was that because of ease of entry or the skill it took or safety or I mean what what made that decision? Or did I mean, you discover I, Chris Schwartz or or what? or budget? You know, going oh my god, <laughs> that would be another Chris Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we know that answer. And that's yeah, a yes. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's, that's the true. reason why I, I, you know, I've got. I was, I was out building a shed, and to trim my door, I had a 1920s number five Stanley plane. You know, <laughs> I didn't take a belt sander to it. I, t- I took a hand plane to it. Oh, the man's way. No, but um, the answer to your question, no, I, uh, it was out of inspiration actually. Kind of like uh, Sean mentioned before, like I work at a. Uh, steel bin manufacturing mm-hmm. plant i come home and at the time actually before i started woodworking i did a lot of dirt biking and camping and all that outdoor stuff mm-hmm. but in my heart i've always kind of loved making stuff like i i love my garage i don't even have to leave it right so if mm-hmm. i don't really have to so <laughs> and uh, i just love making stuff and there's obviously other entertainment that's fun but woodworking just gives me that fulfillment fulfillment i guess so well, cool. I, yeah. Now, now you, you told us a little bit about uh, you getting into blacksmith. So obviously you've made some nails. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, what else have you made, blacksmith? I've made uh, hinges. It's my main, I guess, my main uh, mm-hmm. item I make. And then I've, I've made hooks. And then I've made just some silly, like, uh, for example, the the pin for my leg vise. I made one of those. Oh, cool. And, yeah, I thought like I I used to just use a just aluminum three eighths rod from uh, our um, Home Depot here, but now I thought I might as well make myself a nicer one. So, but I do make uh, plane stops. Sold a couple of those already. So. Mhm. Yeah, those are really but, nicely done. Yeah, I like yeah. those. Yeah. No, it works great. pretty good too. So. Heck yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, and I think I'm scrolling through your your Instagram, but I think uh, you have. Uh, you got some straps made for Dutch tool chest. Just... Thank you. Yeah, I know that's a quick uh, short story, but like 
the day I uh, actually sat down and I got inspired by making nails mm-hmm. was actually the time I started making my uh, Dutch tool chest. Oh, so you made all wow. the nails for the Dutch tool chest as well? No, no, I, I wish I would have, but <laughs> okay. like I used the um, I used the um, how, what did they call it? the the cloud um, those Roman ones, like the the ones oh, yeah. the French company sells. Yeah, 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 and I think there's a yeah, yeah, you can get them from. Uh, you used to get them from a German company. I forgot what it was, but yeah, I think, I think, yeah, Dictum, yeah, and I think yeah. um, Lee Valley and sells them now. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Lee Nielsen. Lee yeah. Nielsen. Uh, maybe it's Lee. And yeah, the only well, the reason why I use those is because everybody uses them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or most people. So. But I, I mean, I, I have a whole set of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, and I, I kind of wish I would have, but nah, I can always build another one. So. Yeah. But the uh, and then I was like, and I, I already ordered the handles for the D- Dutch tool chest and uh, stuff. I even ordered a hasp and stuff. But I decided I can at least try and make something, put my own input into mm-hmm. my blacksmithing input into my woodworking. And then they both kind of clicked together, and I just I couldn't stop. I had to make more, and then I started selling some. And I probably still will sell some in the mm-hmm. future. Blacksmithing is more like the winter hobby, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that would make sense. That would make sense. So you, you have your own forge and stuff? Yeah, like it's a propane forge we made at work, but it, it works pretty pretty well for like smaller items. And... Well, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, you can probably <laughs> make something like that fairly easily. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's so cool. It, it works great. And then I just picked up a cheap anvil at uh, Princess Auto, which is kind of like a do-it-yourself store. <laughs> oh, really? Just a, has a, every, kind of has a light, everything. light duty, you can buy an anvil. That's impressive. Oh, they have, they have everything. But, yeah, maybe one day I'll get something bigger. But for right now, I think this is uh, the perfect setup for a garage shop. I mean, I can't set up too much in here. So, Right. Yeah. I'm just scrolling through. I want to know a little bit more about your little Petit, uh, petit Rubeau. That's a nice-looking bench. Which one? The newest one or the tiny one for the kids? <laughs> no, I think it's your newest one. It's just, like, it's from couple dozen weeks ago yeah it's um, from early yeah, this uh from spring, early summer spring, early yeah summer. yeah that i mean well done that's tidy thank you very much very very good yeah i was gonna say if you guys are gonna ask me what my proudest project is i was gonna say this bench <laughs> yeah no i mean that's yes. i know it's no joke to, to work with anything and, and even though it's a little smaller to scale but not really because you're i mean oh. you're it's thick it's just not as long and you know, and deep as it normally is. Yeah. Um, no, I built. Sorry to interrupt. No. No, go, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. No, my first bench I actually built out of uh, two by fours from Home Depot. Mm-hmm. It's a Rubeau style bench too, but it's the bottom joinery isn't uh, mortise and tenon drawboard. It's a. Uh, uh, it's pretty much a lap joint with uh, bolts in it, which it works great. Mm-hmm. And it just has the one tenon going through the top. But I made that bench in the beginning not knowing. What I actually love making, All even right. though even well, because that my first bench is uh, almost eight feet long by twenty four and a half wide, mm-hmm. and this new bench, this new bench is six and a half, almost seven feet with device by uh, twenty inches deep. But then both together, yeah, go ahead. No, but then both together is perfect because it's sometimes a little bit hard. Like when I built the Welch stick chair, I, I kind of had to clamp a, an extra. Um, board uh, to the bench just for the chair to sit on it because mm-hmm. it's so it's 
plays out so much. But. Yeah, that's going to be my question. Yeah, those those narrow benches are not ideal for chair making. No. Yeah. Like, I would say 90% of the chair build was perfect on this bench. I, I love that I can walk around it fast. I love that it's um, obviously it's a little bit thicker, so it's mm. more sound when you actually work on it. But just, yeah, actually when you have to put a chair on the top, it's not ideal, but it works. Yeah. I yeah. do. You can, you can make anything work. Yeah, when I built my bench, I was I wasn't building chairs at all. I was just doing flat work, and for some reason, I just went crazy. Kind of a oh, rubo glubo type alternative, <laughs> but but uh, the thing ended up being 40 inches wide. 40 inches. Yeah, yeah it's got a, like a tool tray in the middle, so it's got like two slabs, two like you know, 12 inch slabs, kind of a tool, a removable tool tray. Um, it's perfect for clamping, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You can take the take the tool tray out and clamp it, or I can put a filler piece. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> they don't slide off the front or back. Well, not that has one time mistake. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's nothing. There's nothing you'll move faster is when you see a chair start diving on the bench. Yeah. You move <laughs> really, really quick. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was gonna say that. Maybe not the only reason, but one of the main reasons I built this new bench is because I wanted to put better hardware on there because I got mm -hmm. the bench crafted um, legwise. Mm -hmm. And the holes I drilled uh, on my last bench, they don't really make too much sense to what I make. Right. And I and I like for the hold fast and all that stuff. But I really wanted to have a bench that's one slab. Right. I don't know why. It, it, maybe it's the look. And, mm -hmm. I don't know. It needed to be something nicer than my first one. Mm-hmm. What? I mean, I know that the laminations, you know, it, it seems a bit, when it's not daunting, it's it's just a, there's more to think about. And I, I, I've thought about it many times. I'm like, do I want to like, do I want to do that where you laminate up a top and to make it easier, you're putting tenons or dominoes or something yeah. to keep them aligned as you're gluing them up because what a pain. Or like you, I mean, you just take a big old slab but you know how hard was it to find something that thick that big and well, get it <laughs> it was it was quite hard like it's we live so close to bc which i mean there's timber framing over there like crazy mm -hmm. so it's it actually this this whole bench build started um three and a half years ago where i contacted a sawmill in bc but they were only going to be able to get me uh two pieces instead of one slab and they would have been uh, totally green. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want to deal with the whole uh, movement and everything and the wetness and like, it wasn't ideal. So I waited, um, well, I guess you can say three years, but then I finally found a guy. It took me actually uh, four weeks to search online to find this guy. And he got me this lab, radio frequency dried. So it's perfect. Oh, like, wow. That's cool. It And it, it the cost was amazing i would say so and so thick i mean you know to get to get a slab that's not through the pith of a tree at five inches thick yeah. and 20 inches wide that's that's awesome well, it's funny because i had to make the trip to calgary to get this uh slab and i was i was so skeptic i was like because it was all wrapped up and everything which was amazing but we cut it open there and i was kind of already afraid it's going to be full of knots and everything and mm -hmm. But when uh, when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, inspiration!" <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm looking at I'm looking at the post when you had it kind of in the in the rough, and I mean, nice tight growth rings. That's a that's a and nice and a soft curve on it. So that tree was huge. Yeah. 
<laughs> beautiful piece. It was yeah. actually eight, just just a tad over eight feet long, but I had to cut it down because mm-hmm. it's just design, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that is. So pretty- somewhere in your shop, you've got a five-inch thick, you know, ten-inch long piece of, <laughs> <laughs> of timber. <laughs> the, the new the new kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right. As a leftover. Well, well, well. Speaking of kitchen tables, so tell us a little bit about some of your furniture type projects or flat work. So you, 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 uh, you know, um, and going through your Instagram, you got some interesting stuff, and I really like the little shaker table. You, well, but, but tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, some of your furniture projects. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I, <clears throat> I haven't uh, made too many. I can't mm-hmm. say I've made too many, but I've made a couple of shaker tables, and then. Uh, I've made all the chairs, obviously, for my uh, dining table. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> I've made a couple of, um, what are they called, uh, keepsake chests for my kids. And then toy chests for the kids. And then I made a couple of six-board chests, and I kept one of them for the living room. And then uh, in the bathrooms, I made the um, French cleat hanging uh, wall shelf with two-drawer thingy, whatever you call them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. A hanging cabinet, I yeah, guess. Yeah, hang, so, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just a couple of little things like shoe rack or boot racks. And mm-hmm. I haven't made, I, I've primarily um, concentrated on making shop furniture first. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, As you do. Yeah. But that's that's pretty much it. That's all I can remember, I guess. So. Well, well, I, I love that little shaker table. You, well, it's not little. It's kind of a big shaker table. It's got drawers on both ends. It looks like from. It's from, it's it's still quite. Um, I would say petite. Yeah. Still quite small, but. Yeah, but it looks bigger, I guess. Yeah, but that's cool detail work you did on that. Uh, with the, Thanks. Uh, the pin tenons and all of, all of that. Really nice. Yeah, that was a project I just wanted to make by hand. There, there are certain projects mm-hmm. I tell myself from the beginning, no power tools, nothing. Mm-hmm. And then certain projects, I'm like, if there's too much uh, resawing involved, then, <laughs> then it's a bandsaw. Yeah. No, a shaker table is a good project like that because everything's yeah. it's fairly small. No, nothing's too long, yeah. too wide, too thick. And know. I love that it has everything involved. It has the um, half-blind dovetails. It has the uh, the, uh, the runners, the mortise and tenon, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, that is a that very, is very cool. good project. Well, that's cool. So, so what is the uh, drawer front there? Is it cherry? Yeah, it's yep. uh, cherry, and then uh, the drawers are poplar with a pine bottom, mm-hmm. and the rest is maple. Maple. Yeah, yeah that's really distinct. I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, next, of course, I'm going to ask you about your chair making. That, that's uh, you know. That's the novel. Some, <laughs> had some affinity for that, and uh, yeah, that's fantastic. You've done uh, in some Thanks. of your chair making. So you've done. You've done a lot. I mean, uh, Windsor's, uh, of course, a Welsh stick chair, and you've done at least one or several settees, correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Well, so how did you get into chair making? <laughs> Do you really want to hear? Sure, <laughs> Lost of course. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much a, it started um, very early on. Actually, it was the first year, and I started woodworking 2016. So uh-huh. late that year, I um, I. Do believe I watched an episode with uh, Roy Underhill and Christopher Schwartz was uh, talking about the uh, the little uh, model with the wires, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I guess he was talking about um, yeah how to design uh, the rake and stuff, and it just instantly hooked. I was like, if I want to continue making furniture, 
I can't just stop at flat work. I have to make a chair. And if I cannot succeed making a chair, I'll stop this. <laughs> Pretty much that's how it went. And then uh, obviously I bought the book, Anarchist Design Book. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I built the steak chairs. Yep. Just without the stretchers, just a simple style. And obviously um, for me, it's it's a little bit harder to source certain lumbers here. So that chair was perfect to just like use um, just normal lumber and right. just use the jack plane to to build the chair. And I built those two chairs and then I was like, that's not enough. And then I wanted to build a Windsor chair, but sourcing green lumber here is very hard. So I put my own twist to it and then I just used a uh, dry lumber. Mm hmm. And I don't know, I, I, I made some templates, my own design came out, and then I made one chair, and I had to make four more for the kitchen. So hmm. that's pretty much where it all started. So, Well, that, uh, that is cool. So um, so you never took any classes or anything? Just kind of... Uh... I've, I've, yeah, no, no I, I wanted to. I still want to. Like, I yeah. met Peter Galbert last year at the Lee Nielsen uh, event. Mm -hmm. It's the only event I went to, so... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, it's amazing like to, to even sit in an actual, like I'm not saying anything bad about mine. I love my chairs, but like I'm still so inspired to hopefully soon one day to take a class with Peter or Curtis or anybody just because, I don't know, there's something about green wood that like I make spoons once in a while and even that gives me a kick. So mm -hmm. well, I just, well, go ahead. Well, it's it's amazing that uh, uh, the work you've done here. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah, hats off to Thanks. you. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Now, what are you? Um, I'm particularly looking a, a while back a year ago. A set to uh, I guess black chairs with old trim. So, yeah. what are you using on the finish for? This? Is that? Uh... That's um. Oh man, now I got to remember, but <laughs> it's pretty much what I mostly use. Um, it was uh for those ones. It was I do believe it was four coats of yellow milk paint, the mm -hmm. old-fashioned milk paint. Mm -hmm. And then it was, uh, oh, I can't remember, two or three coats of the black. Mm -hmm. And then I just finished them with the, um, I do believe it was the Watco Danish oil okay. type. So And they turn out pretty good. So Yeah, they look, they look fantastic. Oh, and and I, got, I got three young kids. Well, three kids, and uh, yeah, they withstand that craziness, so. <laughs> all the all the milk and all the soup and yeah well you know it's just patina patina yeah yeah patina yeah it looks better with age exactly. absolutely absolutely well well yeah that that is some excellent work there thanks uh, yeah and uh it's it's amazing what you've, you've done there with uh with not only your chairs but i mean just uh uh, the Windsor's as well as the uh, stick chair. So that is fabulous. Thanks. Yeah, see, sometimes, like, I, can, I mean, yeah, I have a day job and stuff in the family, so yeah. sometimes I can't, like, because I don't have a production shop, I can't just push out furniture. Yeah. Sometimes I do. I mean, my workbench only took me two weeks. But <laughs> but uh, some projects, it's kind of nicer to just take your time, do it right, and then in the end, you're at least satisfied with it. Mm -hmm. So. Now, now you you do make furniture for uh, for commission for sale. Uh, I don't know if it's on commission. Make furniture to sell. So, uh, what's the percentage between making it for yourself and as part of a business? Uh, explain more like a percentage of what. Uh, like, uh, percentage of what you make for yourself as well as oh, okay. what you make to I get sell. It. Yeah. Very bad. Like it's actually, I would say ninety to ten because like I. I do make certain pieces, like the the chairs I just made, the well stick chairs. Mm -hmm. They're for sale. 
but sometimes it's kind of hard to sell certain items, especially in the area that I live in. Right. Because <laughs> I was going to say because IKEA, but <laughs> 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 pretty much. Um, because you have to be in a certain type of um, area for people to appreciate yeah. handmade stuff a little bit more. Because I don't want to give up my furniture, but I don't want to overprice myself. I mean, yeah. I enjoy making furniture, so if I can make a little bit, it's fine. But but yeah. mainly, I would say I've I've sold stuff to friends and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Now right. now you you also sell some of your blacksmithing, correct? Yeah, pretty pretty much. I would say most of it since making my own uh, strap hinges. So for the Dutch tools uh, chest. So so everything I make is mainly for sale. Mm-hmm. If I make something. So, yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. Well, yeah, looking I, at those hinges, I'm I'm I, I should have commissioned you, you know, <laughs> for my for for the the I use strap hinges as the door hinges for my shed, you know, and the nothing it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but uh, yours yours look fantastic. And I I much rather prefer the hand the hand worked version of what I actually installed. And that's and that's kind of funny because um when I uh, when I ordered all the hardware for the Dutch tool chest, I ordered myself some strap hinges from like forged hinges they call them from Lee Valley. Mm-hmm. I've used those same hinges on a lot of other projects, and they're not bad. But later on, I compared and I was like, from now on from now on I'm just gonna make everything myself i mean it's the skill is there already a little bit right mm-hmm. the tools have and like you said the patina like the way it looks it just it looks hand forged it just it's like a it almost adds a story to the piece so it does i would much rather i mean just just the aesthetic and you know you know it doesn't matter that it's you know a little rough because of how it was made and you can kind of track it back to where it came from you know yeah. that's it just has a, a kind of a story like you said like unto itself well, and, that, and, and that's the thing, even making them, like, in the beginning, I, I, I was just going to make one, right, like, just to see if I'm even skilled enough. But then after a while, like, just even making them puts you in such a, as if you're not even in the nowadays anymore. It just puts you in your own little world, and just creating the stuff is so different, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've always said that's what that's what captivates me about a, a lot of things. And especially chair makers. Once you make a piece of furniture and you sit in it, it's a whole different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, very awesome feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like the sled. You can use it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, you, can, you can use it. And then uh, you know, once you make so many different types of chairs, and I don't know if you're like me, but I'll go back and forth. All right. Here's what the Windsor feels like. Here's what the well stick chair feels like, you yeah. know, and try to compare the two and what would I change about them. And uh, yeah, <laughs> all the time, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And when I, when I visited Kyle, it was like a tour of all his different seating arrangements that I got to sit in. I made this, I made this, I made this. It was a stool. It was a chair, the couch, like yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was all very cool. Yeah. Yeah. The couch is still my favorite even to do with Windsor's, but anyway, no, no, it's, but, it's very, very nice. But it's 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 pretty cool. But um, yeah, but it's not my design. I just I just stole it and replicated it. But anyway, it still counts. <laughs> Hell yeah, it counts. <laughs> but yeah, and I'm really one of the things I'm blown away with um, uh, as far as your blacksmithing goes is I love that plane stop or those plane stops. You fantastic. Yeah, they 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 are. <laughs> I'm not just promoting myself, but they are pretty. Yeah. 
pretty nice. They work pretty good too. So I had to make myself a new one. Like the first one I made myself was quite small. Like I didn't have the stock mm-hmm. in stock, I guess. So, but then yeah, I made two new ones, two bigger ones, and it works. It's awesome. It works quite well. But I can't say I I haven't used any other ones. So mm-hmm. well, cool. Well, well, um, I think we've kind of danced around, you know, uh, your shops, <laughs> yeah. your shop. So tell us a little bit about your shop. You said you're in a garage, like a two car type garage setup. Yeah, it's a, well, they call it a two, a double, but it's pretty much a super single. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, the garage is my, I guess you can call it a machine shop slash storage for, uh, bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I have in the garage, I have my, uh, lathe, table saw, band saw, most of my clams and then all my blacksmithing uh, tools and then currently i have my uh, the newest bench in here mm-hmm. but in the basement so the garage is mainly my summer uh, shop okay but in in the basement which i um finished uh, or yeah we finished the basement recently is my um, my shrine i guess my hand tool shrine so <laughs> that's where all my uh, hand tools are my my miter saw, my old crank drill press, and all that stuff. So that's where I pretty main, pretty much mainly do flat work and little projects over winter. So cool. That's not nice. so. You got one of those old uh, what do they call them pole presses, yeah, drill presses, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, antique po- uh, dr- post drill, I guess. Yeah, post drill. Post that's right. drill. Yeah, post yeah, drill. That's drill. Yeah. Um, blacksmithing drill, whatever they call them. Is, is, it, is it the one that like automatically advances? Yeah, as you go, it has the yeah. it has the ratcheting or whatever that little. Yeah, yeah, cool. Th- that's so cool. Yeah, I I see, and that's what that was another spontaneous thing. I had to have one, and I I think the first time <laughs> I saw one at Roy Underhill's shop, you know, and sure. he was uh, he ha- I think he has one hanging there on uh, whatever one of his episodes there. But anyways, yeah, I had to get one. I just I don't use it that much, honestly. Mm-hmm. But. It's... I just recently saw the Chop with Chris restored one, and just yeah, I love the mechanics of it. I love the utility of it. I don't have a drill press to speak of. I would love to hang one on a post, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it, use it, it. It works. It works awesome. It's just slow. <laughs> yeah, but who cares? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, exactly. Like I, the hand tool only projects. That's where I usually just uh, use it. So. Yeah. And. Awesome. Uh, and um, I would be remiss, uh, Diami would have my head if I didn't remind you, Sean, that Marcus has two shops, one in the basement, one in the basement. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How dare you? Have, <laughs> I, have I mentioned that I built a shed? I now have a little more garage space. Maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> the problem is I don't, I don't have the blacksmithing. I don't have the power tools. And so my hand tools exist in the basement for good reason for – uh rust protection a little bit mm-hmm. and uh and it's 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 convenient i don't i don't absolutely need to buy more tools to fill a space yeah you know well i'm sure marcus could give you some help with uh you know getting it, into blacksmithing yeah. yeah oh yeah trust me that's a, <laughs> is it that's tempting is it pretty humid where you guys live I'm in Northwest Ohio, so I'm oh. I'm Northern United States, you know, and no, it, it is in the summer times it can get into the 80, 90 percent humidity. Um, in the winter it gets down to the 20, 30 percent humidity. Yeah. yeah. Um, the 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 for that reason because the the well, I mean, I could do more about it, but my garage is otherwise it's not insulated. The doors aren't well weather stripped. Like there's a whole lot. So pretty much what's in the garage is what's outside. So Right now, it's probably in the mid-70s out there. 
and and whatever humidity you know down in my basement it stays between 55 and 65 degrees pretty much year round yeah and uh i and i keep it i have a dehumidifier i keep it below 60 percent humidity so i know i'm pretty good you know and and i've had some like old planes sitting in a in you know in a drawer in my bench for years and i pull them out every once in a while and there's like really really light rusting yeah. but nothing nothing to worry about um and so i'm pretty pleased with that none of my and my saws are all good they're not they're not growing any massive you know scale or anything mm-hmm. yeah awesome. and for me it's, it's a, for me 70 percent humidity is a day yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's coastal texas yeah it's usually about 90 percent humidity year well, round but no nah, it's not that bad but it can get that bad but uh yeah i got a dehumidifier and if i keep my shop at percent hum- mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, just keep your tools oiled <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. keep everything for oiled. me it's a si- yeah yeah and, and i've never never really you know my shop's well insulated and uh, i got the humidifier and stuff i've really never had a problem with rust but yeah you i do make sure everything's lubricated wax as long as you do that on a fairly twice annual yeah you don't much to yeah no, for me, it's, I was going to say, for me, it's the same as Sean. Um, it's pretty dry in Alberta. Like, I, I don't even have to worry at all about rust, except fingerprints, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got those, those kind of, you know, the northern plain thing going yeah. on there. It's a, yeah. It is, like you said, kind of flat and stays yeah. pretty dry. You can thank the glaciers yeah, I mean, for that. My garage isn't insulated either and stuff, so that's I think that's the main reason why I keep moving down to the basement shop. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite... it's, it's only comfortable certain times. You know, yeah, not deep summer exactly. and not deep winter. You can't be out there. Some, you know, the spring and fall maybe. Um, you know, I, I've been working out there painting and things where it would, you know, it's it's enclosed but it's it's protected all at the same time. Yeah, uh, which is so convenient for that. Yeah. No, but man, if I ever got into blacksmithing, ooh, I'd love to. <laughs> I've thought about it a ton, but. I actually I want to get more into it, so that I, I hope one day when we buy a house or a new house to live on an acreage or something where I can just at least set up full, mm-hmm. have a full setup because I'm so um, it's a stumbling block almost yeah. to live in town. I mean, the first when I started, I actually well, maybe that's another answer for another question. So mm. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. And I was gonna say so when I started, I had no anvil, I had no forge. I pretty much I had an I beam with a one inch thick steel plate on it. Mm-hmm. Man, that sucker was loud. <laughs> oh, I bet. That's a hell of a, a bang, a ting, and, or whatever yeah. the sound oh, is. It, it was a loud ting, and I, I guess my inspiration kept me going because I had earmuffs on. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was, I was almost worried a little bit about the neighbors and everything. So, wow. But, yeah. but now it's good. Now it's good. Like with this anvil, I have, I have like a bunch of two by fours stacked on top of each other, crisscross, I guess. Mm-hmm. How do you want to say it? So it's it's quite quiet, so hmm. it works. But yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, when here right before COVID hit, I think it was like late January or mid February, I happened across a blacksmith here in uh, my part of Texas, like Clear Lake. You've been there, Sean, but mm-hmm. but you know about, about you know 15 minutes away from me, 15 20 minutes away from me, and uh, they have like the free Saturdays and come out to the place. I think it's one Saturday a month or two Saturdays. Swing a hammer and see if it for you. That's and, pretty cool. And I was like, all right, great. I got to do that. And COVID hit. So mm. <laughs> keep in touch. It'll open yeah, up yeah. eventually. Oh, yeah. They'll open Next back year. Up. 
But yeah, I thought that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, because anyway, so yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they it's a local guild. What's weird is I saw them actually on local knew that those little segments yeah. about what's happening in community. It's like mm-hmm. cool. And then I called them up, talked to them. Yeah, sure, come on out. It's pretty so, cool. Yeah. But anyway, um, so Marcus, so what's next for you? You said you just in the completed, shop? <laughs> yeah, in the shop. You just completed your project. So, uh, what you got? What are you thinking about doing next? The pro- I know kind of what I want to build. So, I want to build um, another. Um, what do you call them again? Um, kind of those keepsake chests for one of my kids. Oh. She doesn't have one. Yep. So, but I was thinking about building hope the chest, um, hope chest. Yeah. The hope chest. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a hope chest, but I was thinking about building kind of like that school box type from the joiner and cabinet maker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That from was... La Star Press. Mm-hmm. Just because I wanted to build that project anyways. So thought I might as well build that one. But I do have another uh, shaker side table that's unfinished. And then I want to plan for making more chairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a problem already in this household. My wife asked me, where are we going to put all these chairs? What are we going to do with them? And my answer is, well, we'll sit on them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 That's what I, I want to build a rocker. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I told my wife. My uh, my next project after the rocker is I'm going to replace our existing a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that's what I should start yeah. doing. Just even if they don't sell, just hide them somewhere in the storage unit. <laughs> yeah. Start building more. <laughs> yeah. So, so you say you want to do a rocker, huh? Oh, I would love to. I actually. This year, I was going to build one mm-hmm. or attempt attempt to make one. But, yeah, COVID hit, and then uh, for some reason, I started building Spanish. So <laughs> well, then I'd, some I'd, of... Yeah, I'd recommend um, that uh, those that Velda rocker that Curtis just released some plans on. Mm-hmm. I, I have the chair version of that, and probably the most... Yeah. So do, you, do you build... Like, what kind of lumber do you use? Like, green, dried... Uh, I've I've been using kiln dried lumber. I've kind of used uh, uh, Pete Galbert's technique on the kiln dried, and I think Burn is um, I think Burn soaks his. And, uh, I've soaked mine and not soaked it, and had similar results. So, but I yeah. was bending. But yeah. um, but anyway, um, and not doing the extreme bends that Burn does. So, uh, but basically, um, just steam it twice as long as you normally would. And um, then once it comes out of the steamer, put it in this shrink wrap tubing that you can buy. Yeah. And that shrink wrap tubing helps keeps the heat, you know, okay. in, in yeah. there. And uh, then uh, then bend it. And I've had real good real good results bending bending kiln dried stuff. Now I haven't done anything as radical as like doing a balloon back chair or sack back chair. Yeah. Um, but um, that's next on the list. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. yeah. No, I've I, I've tried a couple times with yeah. dried lumber, but yeah. unsuccessful. So, I, yeah, I, I did. I, I did think ask the, Caleb. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Ahead. I think I think the 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 main thing is making sure that you know just steaming it twice as long and just yeah. Yeah. But yeah. and yeah, I don't like I said I'm not sure about the severe bends, but you know burn seems to get away. With it. <laughs> maybe maybe different climate and stuff. Who knows? Different. <sighs> yeah. I no. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's. I think he's bending walnut, uh, or at least some of his chairs. He's walnut. Yeah. I assume it's American walnut that's been imported over to Australia. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I think he 
He soaks his stuff for like a week and well, steams it for you know, twice as long as you steam it. Steam it because it's you know like what an hour per inch, so two hours yeah. per inch. And um, he seems to have some good luck with it. Uh, of course, he's also <laughs> using those those bending forms with the winches and all of that. Yeah. So don't have that, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that either. But uh, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of chair makers. You maybe there's something to that. I actually actually have a winch on my wish list. Maybe maybe one day I'll try it out too. So. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, worst comes to worst, it's just you know ordering wood from some folks. There are plenty of chair makers in the states. I assume they would ship up to you in Canada. Oh, probably. Yeah. It's it's it's. I think mainly the barrier is um, the the cost of shipping and stuff. That's especially mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> even even for me, like for tools, like I I had to go to Lee Nielsen actually to buy most of my tools because even to ship them here is quite. Mm-hmm expensive so well do you have a lee valley store anywhere near you yeah yeah we got uh actually two in alberta one in calgary and edmonton oh man oh man that that would be sweet <laughs> they're everywhere <laughs> it is pretty sweet I'll, I'll be honest it's and if sometimes if i order something mm-hmm. and they don't have like let's say they have it so when you order online they usually ship out from out east mm-hmm. but but if they have certain items in stock but they don't have it in stock online yet at the moment you can just ask them like just give them a call and they'll ship it to you and it's here within i mean i had an item ship here within the next 14 hours so which was quite awesome so wow cool yeah, because it's so close calgary yeah. is only one and a half hours two hours away yeah no that's awesome it's getting amazon delivery from lee valley that's incredible yeah basically <laughs> no no because then <laughs> then there's going to be a pack of nails arriving in a four by four box <laughs> <laughs> well that's true that's true very true oh well well anyway well that's fantastic well what do you say we move along to our fortnight beer chest? all right so perfect i'm drinking the huge as sean would say guinness <laughs> As I would say, my God. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you know, I'm not being uh, very uh, experimental here, but... <laughs> but, uh, so, Sean, what are you drinking? You're drinking something that looks interesting. Uh, yeah, so if you're familiar with Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, it's a pretty popular... Uh, I found Bell's Double Two-Hearted Ale, which Ooh. is uh, uh, a big, he- big, heavy double. Double the pleasure, in... double the fun, huh? Uh, double the alcohol, that's for sure. It's Sean probably knew I'm German. He's like, I gotta take this stuff in. No, I, you know, I didn't. But uh, that's, uh, you know, it's honestly what the last one I had in the fridge because I drank the other five. Um, it's a, it's a good, uh, you know, right around eleven percent pale ale. But when it's double, it's pretty heavy. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's very good, very, very good. <clears throat> it's a slow sipper. You can't drink these heavy things quickly yeah although i've managed to kill it in less than an hour (laughs) (laughs) there you go so marcus what are you drinking not the usual (laughs) but no i'm i'm drinking an imported uh actually it's a german beer so it's a it's a wheat beer so it's called erdinger so erdinger it's yeah in in germany i think they pronounce it erdinger so Hmm. it's i think i might have seen that but yeah, it's it's very it's very common. Like okay. it's a very common imported beer. It's a Bavarian, a very popular Bavarian beer. So cool. Yeah, no, it it's good. very nice, very good, good tasting. Um, well, with that, um, Marcus, where can folks find you on the interwebs? 
Instagram at Marcus Tobert. And then MarcusTobert.com, my website. So. Yeah, you, you uh, cornered the market on the uh, Marcus Tobert. I don't know. <laughs> <Nobody> else, huh? <laughs> It's not that <laughs> unusual of a name, but maybe the combination is just that unusual that uh, you're able to stag that. That's that's fantastic. It's a common name with the L, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah. So. My, my name has like one extra syllable, and I just couldn't imagine that being my name. But, you know, yours works. It, it It's punctual yeah. uh, and, and works. I have to ask, so what's the best way, if someone's interesting in some of your blacksmithing or, or woodworking, for that matter, uh, for for sale? Um, what, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, via my website, but then again, just per email, I guess. So, okay. Um, or Instagram, just, uh, message me. But currently, like what I usually do is I post it on my website in the shop uh, category. Mm-hmm. I have my chairs posted there, but usually what I do is I like to first make an item, then put it for sale. And if I do do custom orders, then I will actually post it in that section saying that, hey, I'm open for custom orders. So oh, okay. It's, it's, it's all about the schedule, right? So Yeah. Oh, but, for sure. For sure. You're not I'm, a production shop. I get it. Yeah, but I I have no problem with people messaging me. So. Oh, very cool. Cool. So, Sean, where can folks find you? Oh, per usual, I'm SeanW78 on most all the social medias. How about you, Kyle? Oh, you can always find me at Barton.com on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And notice I had to go with Barton.com because, you know, I was a cool <laughs> kid and got Kyle Barton. Kyle Barton. Got snapped up. So, anyway, at least I got Barton.com. Hey, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for Woodworkers. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. And thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at MWA underscore national or on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. Or you can like us on Facebook to search for the MWA. The best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.